0: hey mama welcome to fight back motherhood imagine me sitting at my kitchen island with a cup of coffee spit up on my shirt and bags under my eyes chatting with you that is the vibe with thousands of books written on how to raise babies we needed something that teaches us how to fight back to the women we know we are capable of being after having those babies so since i couldn't find it in my lowest moments after having my first daughter i created it this podcast is the product of my dream. Here we are all about being the best versions of ourselves so we can be the best moms to our littles. I'll help you rediscover a love for yourself by helping you prioritize yourself in health, wellness, mindset, and self-care. Each week we'll include tactical tips, Bessie chats, real life talks, and so much more. So go pour yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to listen in. It's time to fight back.
1: All right, mamas, welcome to another
0: episode of the Fight Back
1: Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Smith, and today is a really exciting day because I have a guest on here with me, um, not just an acquaintance, but somebody that I have actually grown very close to over the past couple of years. And I'm really, really excited for today's topic because this is a subject that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, this is something that I have personally struggled with for a very long time um, before I had kids, while I was pregnant, <laughs> after I had my first daughter. Postpartum, breastfeeding, everything. Then obviously going through a miscarriage and then having to heal from that, and then getting pregnant again and going through postpartum again is a lot. Um, it's a lot, and this is something that I know for sure that I am not the only person dealing with. So when my guest reached out to me and said I have a really good subject for you, I immediately was like, yes. This is exactly what this, this audience needs to listen to, because if I'm struggling with this, I know so many of you are doing it too. And I just want to give you some background really quickly before I bring her in. Anxiety is extremely, extremely common. This is something that I was doing some research before the call today, and it says that at latest research is saying 6.8 million adults are affected by this and that women specifically are twice as likely to be affected by it than men. And it makes sense, right? Like women do a lot, especially those of us with children, and have unbelievable amount of responsibilities. And when I looked specifically into motherhood, and when I looked at the effects it's having on women, I actually weirdly felt better because I realized that I was not alone in it. Sixty-eight percent of moms are feeling are experiencing feelings of anxiety, and thirty-five percent of those are rating that as moderate to severe. And that's alarming. That's alarming that us women are not only more affected by this than men, but mothers specifically who have an unbelievable responsibility of caring for tiny human beings are having to deal with these awful thoughts and awful feelings every single day. And the good news is, and the reason we're doing this podcast today, even though I just depressed every single one of you, is because there's a way to get through it. (laughs) There's a way to get through it. There's a way to navigate what we're feeling. And I'm really excited today to introduce you to a friend of mine, Allison Luna. She She's a licensed professional counselor. She's based out of Virginia, and she specializes in anxiety. She specializes in depression and grief and loss, relationships, uh, assertiveness, boundaries, life transitions, anything that is going to cause a lot of strain in your brain. And that is what she is here to help you with. And I want to just welcome her on. Hi, Allie. Welcome. Hi. To the podcast. All right. You. Let's. Of course. Let's start off by just having you kind of introduce yourself, your background a little bit, and um, why you're so passionate about the subject.
2: Okay. Um, So I first, I've always wanted to be in like the psychology realm. Um, I originally went to school for forensic psychology and, you know, I worked in a jail and I worked at um, helping locate missing children. And throughout those jobs, I realized that the skills I was using was were those of a counselor. And I was like, wow, I really want to be a counselor. Um, I want to help people through difficult times and empower them and help them with anxiety and all the different issues we have in life. So I went back to school with a focus on just clinical mental health counseling. And I did my hours, my residency. I was licensed this past year. And now I have my own private practice where I focus on, like you just said, anxiety and grief and loss and life transitions. Um, But I just really feel passionate specifically about anxiety, because like you said, it affects so many of us. And, and I feel like we always learn like physical coping skills, like go for a walk, listen to music, meditate. And those things are so helpful, but I feel like they're just temporary distractions sometimes. Um, So I compiled this list of like my favorite anxiety skills for kind of overcoming it versus just getting through it day to day, if that makes sense.
1: No, it makes a lot of sense. I, I feel like that's kind of was my biggest issue for the longest time is putting a Band-Aid on it. It was like, oh, this is, I'm just, you know, I'm just po- newly postpartum or life is just crazy right now. And what can I do? And just a quick Google search will tell you to go on a walk. A quick Google search will tell you eat better, right? Move your body. And like you said, those those are great things, Yeah. Um, but they are just temporary. So um, as a mom yourself, you know, two small boys and- somebody who has been dealing with this and experiencing this before we dive into your subjects, is this something that's a common, is this one of those common things that are brought up when you're working with your
2: clients? Like, is this something that
1: you see over and over and over again?
2: Yes. Anxiety and stress is like the most common issue it seems. And it affects everyone, you know, teenagers, older adults, mothers, fathers. It's like, it doesn't discriminate. It affects everyone. And that's why I feel like so passionate about this specific topic. And I really want to help people get past it, not just get, not just have to deal with it every day, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, let's dive into it. Cause the whole point in this is obviously you guys saw when you clicked on this, the title of this is, um, Ali's top five tools for conquering anxiety. And I think that that is such a bold thing for you to say. And I love it. Like when you say conquer, I'm like, let's do it. Like, because this is something that, you know, people are like, well, how do I fight anxiety? how do I battle anxiety? Like that's what you hear. Um, but conquering that that's just, such a profound word. And I'm really excited to dive into that. So let's go into it. I know you gave us your five tips and basically what we can do is you can share what you're doing. And then, you know, we can conversate a little
2: bit if that's something you want to do, but I'm going to step back and just let you talk. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Okay. All right. So I want to preface it by saying anxiety is uncertainty about the future and underestimating our ability to cope with that. So we focus on the coping, getting past it and conquering. That is a bold word, but I, I truly believe it because if you practice these skills, I'm about to say, or these tools, it's like your brain is like a muscle. You have to practice like anything, you know, it might take weeks. It might take months, but it just, if you practice and you follow these tools, I do believe that you can get past anxiety or at least lessen the time that you're dealing with anxiety. Okay. So the first tool I have is called best case, worst case, most likely case. So our brains, they'll tend to go to the worst case scenario, right? Um, But we always leave out the best case and the most likely case. Um, For example, say that you want to take your two young children on a flight to visit family or friends, but your anxiety is so high thinking about having them in the airport on the flight, the travel, the details that you just, you can't do it. You're too anxious about it. That's probably probably because you're thinking of worst case they won't listen they'll try to get toys they'll be exhausted they'll scream on the flight and while that may be true you're still discounting other scenarios um, so best case is that you know you have toys to entertain them they take a nap they you know they're happy they're excited and then most likely case is probably a combination of both they have some freak out moments <laughs> and you also have some enjoyable moments. Um, And then for this, this tool, the goal is to focus on the most likely case. And if the worst case did happen, could you handle it? Would it be embarrassing? Yes. Would it be exhausting? Yes. But could you handle it? Could you get through it? Probably? Yes. Um, So I think that's the first tool.
1: Would you, um, so for this one specifically, I love this because you're right. Like our brains, that's what anxiety does. It brings us to worst case scenario. For this one specifically, would you suggest like so? Say for instance, for the example you just said, like I'm getting ready to travel with my toddler on an airplane, and I've been through this already, and I know <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about—the anxiety that was provoked. When somebody's getting ready to go into said scenario, what would you say their best way is to prepare for that? Right, like if and would you say like journal this stuff out? Would you say like how would you basically walk somebody through how to get themselves ready to really outline? Is it kind of like a pros and cons list, but? you know, in those categories?
2: Yeah, I mean, journaling or talking to like your spouse or friend or mom or somebody close and being like, I just need to like work this out through my mind. So the worst case of this flight would be what I, like all those things I said, could I handle that if it happened? Yes, but what, what could we do instead? Like, hey, if this one starts to freak out, will you be able to start walking around? You know, have a plan. Yeah. And then then being like, okay, the best case is though that this all happens, now, most likely we'll have these freak out moments, but now we have a plan. You'll get up and walk her around. I'll focus on the baby. Um, but yeah, kind of just talking through it with whoever you're traveling with or even just a close person instead of just like winging it and kind of being like, well, worst case is going to happen. I'm not, not going to know how to deal with it.
1: And I like that too because it's when you're communicating it out loud, it allows like you to hear it instead of just, you know, the script that
2: your brain is going to play on in your head. I love that. Okay. Next slide, number two. Okay. Number two, play out the script until the end. So this is great for all those what ifs that we have in our mind, which I feel like a lot, I mean, everybody probably has these, right? What if I have to have a C-section? What if this friend never calls me back? What if I don't get the job? What if the babysitter can't get my child to eat or go to bed on time? And the problem is that we get stuck on these questions and getting stuck is what causes the anxiety. Um, Think about if you're watching a movie and you start watching and 30 minutes in, someone cuts the movie off. You have so many unfinished questions like, well, what happens to this character? Like what happens to their relationship? Um, So that's kind of like with our life. And the way to relieve that is to play that out till the end. So for example, what if I have to have a C-section? Well, then what? Well, then I'll be upset that my birth didn't go as planned. Okay, then what? then I'll make sure to ask the doctor a lot of questions, get reassurance. This is the best choice. Then what, then I'll have the procedure. God willing, have a beautiful baby. Then what, then I'll have to heal in six weeks. I won't be used to that, but that'll be a good lesson on dealing with unpredictability and motherhood. So I really love this one because it just takes out like all in our heads. We're just like, but what's going to happen? What, what, what? It's like, we'll just play out some scenarios, maybe three different ones. And again, could you handle those scenarios if they happen?
1: I love that because I feel like these are compounding on each other. Like this one goes now goes back to number one because if you're, and I love that your analogy of that when you said like in a movie or in a show, like I literally, when you said that I had like four shows up in my brain, I was like, that was the worst ending ever, right? Because you never knew what was going to happen or there was some really, which just like kind of left you in a cliffhanger and you're like, wait, I wasn't ready for that. I needed more. And yeah. so I love that. Like you, I think at the end of the day, the anxiety, a lot of it comes from the unknown. So like you said, if you can take this one, play it out, give yourself a couple different scenarios and then, you know, put that back onto number one where it's like, this is the best case. This is the worst case. And then, you know, probable case, yeah. you know, it's going to obviously help better. I love this. I'm loving this so much. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> you're so I'm right. My, I'm
2: just sharing my thoughts as you go. I love it. No, I love it. Cause you're right. They are connected. Okay. Number three, take action. I just, it's so simple, but I feel like this is the best way to relieve anxiety. And it it just goes along with focusing on what is in your control, like ruminating and replaying scenarios over your head doesn't solve anxiety, but taking action solves anxiety. Um, And this could be through verbal, like if you need to call a friend and be like, hey, are you upset with me? I feel like we've been distant instead of just pondering like, hey, is this person mad at me? Oh, my gosh, they, they didn't text me today. So that's a taking action verbally. Um. This one is a little dark, but say that you're worried about your child not knowing how to swim, not how to swim this summer. And you're just like, are they going to drown? Oh, my gosh. Intrusive thoughts of the worst case scenarios again. So taking action would be signing them up for swim lessons, not avoiding the pool and actually getting them used to the water, taking CPR classes so that you'll be ready in an emergency. Like preparing yourself with what you can control. And I want to say also to take action, you first need to accept what's happening. Like so many people are in denial or they just can't accept that something is happening. And just because you accept it doesn't mean you approve of it or that it's okay, but it just means that you need to say, okay, this is happening now. I need to take the next step. So I really like that one a lot.
1: Yeah. I like that one a lot too, because it's true. I think that, I think that there's, and I mean, obviously you're a professional, but I really feel like there's like different levels of anxiety too. Like somebody can, be, it could be something as simple as like, is she mad at me to as crazy as like, you're literally, your brain is literally, you see the worst thing happen to your child. And I think that that's the, like, when you said like the acceptance part of like what's happening to you, it's just, it's so important because I think that the worst thing we can do is be in denial, is be in denial that this is actually happening to us. I mean, personally, I was stuck in that for a really long time after having my first daughter. I was like, fine, this is normal to feel like this. I'm just tired. But like the truth, and I was like seeing like imagining all these things and it was making it worse but like taking action is so important making sure that you're preventing those crazy things you know from actually even having the potential to come true like I think that that is that is such a good point I love how you said like get them in the CPR classes like educate yourself on swim safety do these things because you can't just stand still and expect change in your life like that's that's so important
2: exactly and I don't want to make all of this seem easy, like, oh, this is how you overcome anxiety. Like, of course, like medication is helpful, but these are like things that you can do with medication and, you know, For work sure. toward. Them.
1: For okay. sure. All right.
2: Number four, fact versus feeling. So think about an anxiety that you have and examine whether it's based off of facts or your feelings. So for example, you feel like you're a bad mom. You worry the one time that you lost your cool, your child will remember it forever. You think about it every day, when your child acts out, you blame yourself, you wonder if you're the one that caused this. So you need to think, okay, are these feelings based off facts? Is there factual information that I'm a bad mom or is it feelings? So every time that this happens, I want you to kind of state like a broken record, have this mantra in your mind, I feel like a bad mom, but that doesn't mean I am one because feelings are not accurate. They come and go. And just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that it's true. And the broken record technique is also really helpful. Like every time you have that intrusive thought, you're like, Nope, I feel like a bad mom, but that doesn't mean I am to where you exhaust yourself with that sentence.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, like I, you know, you, you obviously know, but like being in like the personal development world for so long, you hear all these professionals just be like, tell yourself like just repeat over and over again i am a good mom and it's like your brain knows that like if you're not thinking that like your brain's like you're a, you're lying <laughs> and yeah. so i think that like you saying and changing the way that you you say it is so different because you if you feel like a bad mom you keep telling yourself you are a good mom and you still feel that way it, it's not going to really work but if you're telling yourself like you said i fe- i do i acknowledge that feeling like i feel like i'm a bad mom yeah. but i know I'm a good mom. Like, that's what's going to actually stick, I think, in your brain, you know, just instead of telling yourself a lie that you personally don't believe, you know, asking yourself those questions, like, is this true? Like, that's actually something that's funny that you said that because literally on the background of my computer is I I always ask myself that. Is this true? Is what you're thinking true? And if it's not, like, get rid of it because it's just making it worse. I love
2: that. And like... I feel guilty, but that doesn't mean I did something wrong. You know, you can feel anything. So Mm -hmm. like you said, is it true or is it not true? But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next one is wise mind. So the wise mind theory says that we have two parts of our mind, emotional and logical and anxiety and depression are a, a result of being stuck in one particular mind. So if you're only th- if you're only letting your emotions drive the bus, then you can spiral, right? And if you're only thinking and reasoning and logic, then you discount your feelings and emotions. So the wise mind says that we need to balance those thoughts and be in the middle. So logical and emotional thoughts. So I'm going to use the example of, say, your child is going to daycare for the first time. So emotional mind taking over would sound like, will my child cry all day and miss me? Will the other ch- kids be nice to my child? Will they eat food or will they starve? Will they get hurt? Will they take a nap? And then you have to ask yourself, no, what is the wise mind telling me? What is a mixture of logic and emotion? My child will be sad, probably miss me, but she will most likely have some fun times and learn something new. She might not eat a lot of food, but she'll make up for it when she gets home. Someone else could be mean to her, but the teachers will be there to help her and she'll build resilience. So it's all about balancing the mind and like you said, acknowledging like what we consider negative emotions. And once you acknowledge those emotions, then it's easier to move past.
1: Yeah. And I think that the cool thing that you did in all five of these steps is you started by letting, like when you gave the examples, you were like, okay, this is what anxiety does to us. And then it's all about like just a simple shift. It's about like being aware of it. I think like awareness overall in all five of these steps is the number one thing. It's like you said, you know, a couple tips ago, you're like, you know, you just have to be able to acknowledge what's happening to you, become aware of it. So that way you can just literally make a small shift. You're not going to stop being worried. You're not going to stop, you know, having these thoughts. It's a matter of controlling the thoughts, which I love that too, because I think that the, when you were talking about the wise mind, like for me, I'm where I found myself is always that emotional side. It was like always worst case scenario. Oh, this, like, oh my gosh, I want to make sure I'm there for her. I'm I'm the one that's supposed to protect her, you know, all those different things. And um, being, I think like what's so good about that one is just that you are still acknowledging your fears, but you're still giving yourself a solution instead of, again, trying to bury everything.
2: Yeah, acknowledging your fears and then ending it on a positive note or a more realistic note
1: yeah for sure. I love all five of these tips. My question for you, as we get close to wrapping up is this like where should somebody start so say i'm I'm walking into your office today and I'm coming to you with a lot of these things you know that you talked about today, these examples, and where would be the number one place to start for me
2: if I'm getting ready to kind of work on conquering this anxiety journey? Great question, so the thing about feelings is that they come from thoughts. And our thoughts are so automatic and habitual over the years, you know, our childhood, how we're raised. So the first thing is to catch our automatic thoughts. So that could be through journaling and um, even the physical coping skills we mentioned going for a walk. Like if you start to feel anxious, then you do something relaxing and then you're able to be in a mindset where you can examine your thoughts. Like you're not going to be able to examine your thoughts when you're at high anxiety. You have to first calm down. That's where going for a walk, meditating, meditating taking a break from, you know, the family for like five minutes just to be alone and thinking, okay, what am I thinking right now? What is my fear? Examining those automatic quick thoughts. And then the more you do this, you can rewire your brain to immediately go to these tools. Um, But I think just to start is to work on calming strategies and then journaling your automatic thoughts.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then obviously we do want to both of us put in a disclaimer. If you are feeling any sort of life-threatening thoughts or feeling like you're, you just can't handle it all. Like, please, please, please go get help. Um, I don't know if you want to add on to that too, but I just want to make sure that I know that some people that like we talked about are feeling the weight significantly larger than others. And while these are incredible tips, um, I'm going to have Allie jump in on this one, but just make sure that you're getting the help that you need. Allie, I don't know if you want to expand on that.
2: Yes, for sure. Like please don't have any shame in reaching out to a counselor or even someone close to you and opening up because when you feel alone with these thoughts, that's what makes it so much worse. So, opening up and realizing, "Hey, you're not alone. This isn't crazy. Like this is just normal anxieties that we all get." Um, you know, and if it's it is severe, like don't be ashamed to go to the nearest emergency room or do an online like crisis counselor, you know, the texting services um, but yeah, we all have these things. So it's, we're not alone
1: for sure. All right, Allie, this was so enlightening. It was so helpful. And even just like I said, somebody who has known you for a while, it was really cool to see you in this setting. Cause I've seen you, you know, in our health and fitness setting. And it's just really cool to see you in this setting because you're amazing at what you do and you care. And that's what makes you such a great counselor. So,
2: um, how can my listeners find you? Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Um, So you can find me, lunacounselingva.com. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Okay. This was amazing. Thank you so, so much. And um, if you, again, just make sure all of you listeners listening, if you have any questions or you need some specific help, please find, reach out to whether it's Allie or a counselor in your area. Get the help that you need. Take these steps. I'm going to attach Allie's notes into the show notes. So that way, if you want to read it, everything in more in detail. So that way you have them. Please go ahead and download them. So that way you have them and you can write. You can just continue to practice. Listen to what she said. Start journaling. Start getting your feelings out there. Be aware of the thoughts that are coming into your head. You can do this. You can conquer. You can get through it, guys. Like That is what we want you guys to understand from this, this podcast today is that you do not have to live like this you can get better. You can move through it. And I'm telling you, there is a light at the end of this tunnel. All right, friends, if this was helpful for you today, make sure that you share, make sure that you review, do all of the things, share this with another mama that needs to hear it today. This is such an important topic. And the more hands we can get this podcast into, the more lives we're going to be able to impact. Have an absolutely incredible day, my friend, and we'll see you next Tuesday.